to Rhymes with Decora. This is Benji Nichols, your host. A companion podcast project of Inspired Media. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, we are in the series here, uh, our first series, something very exciting that we're doing, of a few shows from uh, a nearby community. This is something we hope to do a little bit more of. We're in Spring Grove, Minnesota. I have a very special guest today, somebody that uh, I always enjoy running into, getting to talk to, and... Uh, and find out what he's up to. Mr. Christian Myra, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Benji. Good. Christian, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be here uh, and also for allowing us to be here at Rock Filter Distillery right here in uh, downtown Spring Grove, Minnesota. My pleasure. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we're just here sitting in the, I don't know, I'd call this the rack room. I don't know what you call this. It's beautiful. Kind we're of redone call, space. We're calling it the party room, but the we got a, a functional it. wall that doubles as a you know, decoration and uh, barrel aging. That's perfect. Christian, uh, so I, we are are doing this series of shows. It's something we want to do with uh, Rhymes with Decora uh, to kind of share the stories of surrounding communities. And when I think of surrounding communities, you know, Spring Grove embodies so many different things. Um, so much history here in Spring Grove to our region as a whole. Uh, and of course, Southeast Minnesota being one of the earliest Norwegian settlements, uh, families that have been here a very, very long time. And of course, your family, the Myra family, uh, has been here a, a very long time. You want to you give, give us in a nutshell uh, your family's uh, background? Around here? Well, gosh, I, uh, yeah, um, I, my ancestors came from Norway. Uh, I don't know the exact years. I know um, my great great grandfather on my grandmother's side came in 1853. I know that because he's on one of our bourbon bottles and yeah. uh, um, a rail splitter bottle. Uh, but <clears throat> I, um, yeah, they, uh, they settled in this area um, back in the 1800s. And um, I guess I grew up here, went to Spring Grove High School. Yeah. Um, St. Olaf College, yeah. uh, joined the Navy, was in the Navy for about 12 years of active service before coming back here. Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, I think, so we do have a, uh, the Myra has a uh, name as a deep, you know, uh, uh, history here. We, uh, I consider myself a, uh, a fifth generation farmer, uh, second generation Navy fighter pilot and a first generation distiller. Nice. Ah, that's a good lineage. That's a good lineup. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, it's fun. You know, we're also doing a, a show with uh, Giants of the Earth here in Spring Grove. And so we talk a little bit about several things there. And of course, your family has a nice representation at Giants as well. And just some really, really cool history, you know, and, and you look around this region, there are families that have been here a long time and people, but it was all part of that fabric of how people got here and why they stayed here. You know, it felt like, felt like home. They figured out something they could do here. Right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Line lineage of agriculture and so many things. So, yes. well, as you mentioned, I was going to walk through it a little bit. Now, yeah. we have sort of a similar story. And on this show, we have talked with several people who we kind of call like boomerangs to uh, to the area. Uh, and now I know my personal story. I didn't I didn't run screaming from northeast Iowa when I turned 18, but I, I probably walked pretty quickly right, <laughs> in right. another direction. Yes. Uh, you made your way to St. Olaf. I don't know if that story held true for you as well or what your vision was when you left uh Spring Grove after high school, but yeah, I'd say I was probably uh, had a similar mindset. I never, uh, never envisioned that I'd be, you know, back here uh, farming. But I uh, figured there's plenty of other things to go out and do and, and get away from the small town. But the, but I did. I uh, I went to St. Olaf, worked in Minneapolis a couple of years, and then decided uh, going to uh, the Navy. Went into officer candidate school and, and yeah. went in as a as a pilot and. And then over the years as a, as a naval uh, aviator, I traveled and lived in many different places in the country. 
and the more uh, more places I lived, the more I realized that this uh, this little part of Minnesota is a actually a pretty uh, pretty nice place to you know put down roots and and uh, raise kids and absolutely. And so uh, I ultimately came back here and and uh, to the family farm, uh, ran running an or, you know organic uh, farming operation with. Uh, Organic crops and grass-fed sheep, uh, lamb and, and yeah. grass-fed beef and and then uh, and then it kind of evolved into to what I'm doing here uh, today. Yeah, which is Rock Filter Distillery. If we haven't haven't mentioned it yet, RockFilterDistillery.com, uh, right here in downtown. If you're if you're rolling through Spring Grove on the main drag, just on the other side of the park, and uh, it's hard to miss the very nicely uh, nicely branded building, and you can see all the, the front old dairy. Right, was this facility or an old uh, old creamery? Creamery, yes. old creamery. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of history in the building itself, even. Yeah, there is. There is. I can I can go through a little bit of that history if you need, you know, and yeah. uh, tell you some of the history here. Definitely. Um, yeah. So this, yeah, we're in an old creamery, creamery building. Uh, Rock Filter Distillery itself is considered a farm distillery um, because I do uh, raise all the grains that we make all our, our whiskey and bourbon with, um, <clears throat> and so we control the process really from the time the seed goes into the ground till uh, to the time we put the the whiskey in the bottle. Um, we are located in an old creamery building. Um, so this was building was built in 1923 to make butter, and uh, then they added on part of it in uh, sometime after that to make cheese. And then at some point, I think in the the 50s um, or 60s, the thing closed down as a creamery and uh, became a, a Culligan water dealership and a feed store. And sure. And then it was a, a fiberglass factory for a long time. And and uh, so, and then now it's a, it's a whiskey distillery. So right. that's, uh, yeah, it's got, uh, uh, and this building works great for, for, uh, for what we're doing. A lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of, you know, drains in every room so we can, right. you know, right. close down equipment and wash things down and, and uh, yeah, it works well. These are, these are important things, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You came back to this area here in Spring Grove around, uh, was it around 2006? Yeah, or Early exactly. 2000s in yeah. there, is yeah. that right? Yeah, 2006. Um, was there a certain moment in your mind? I mean, you had, you had seen a lot of the world at that point. You had been other places. Was there a certain moment was it kids or family or something else that just really turned your thought back to this area because it wasn't whiskey obviously at first no it right? wasn't no I think <laughs> it was more uh yeah just uh the you know uh, um looking into just you know organic um production uh agriculture yeah, yeah. and um and just you know different you know more you know things that was what kind of turned my attention back here, you know, getting interested in where your food comes from and, yeah. and, um, and, uh, that type of, uh, that type of agriculture. And so that's kind of what, um, and I think, you know, growing up as a farm boy here in Spring Grove, sometimes you, uh, you never really get that out of your, uh, um, out of your system or out of your veins. You want to, you want to start uh, digging in the dirt when the spring rolls around and start planting things and watching things grow. And, yeah. and, uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of really what brought, uh, brought me back here. And then it's a, it's a good, you know, community, uh, based, you know, area and a good, great place for, uh, for raising kids. And, and, uh, so it's just, that's, that's kind of what brought me back. It's a thread, you know, that I, everybody I talk to from Spring Grove, uh, in, in this region, but you know, Spring Grove is, is stuck out to my wife, Erin, and I, who, who are, are inspired together. Uh, we've always recognized about Spring Grove, though, is there's always been an incredibly strong sense of community here. I think a lot because of a lot of the long lineage that exists here and a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pride in that heritage and different things and people who've kept it alive. But also then you really do realize that, um, you know, sometimes it takes looking around uh, just a little bit different in the vision, but like the opportunities that do exist still in rural America, uh, and especially for people who are willing to, you know, think about it just a little bit differently. Differently, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah, so it's fun to fun to see those things happen, yeah. see people give back to rural places, and and uh, and also you know honor that that family lineage and, and all those things. So uh, you were back in 2006, uh, working on the farm, you know, working yep. things out, seeing what made sense. And when about did the idea of making whiskey seem like a plausible uh, a plausible thing? Well, let's see the uh, <clears throat> kind of the. The long abbreviated version yeah. of the story is, um, and I don't know, early to 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, I know uh, organic uh, crop prices, uh, grain prices weren't that great. And I was mm-hmm. kind of jokingly said, well, maybe if we turn this stuff into alcohol, we could make more money. And, <laughs> and actually at the time, uh, the state of Minnesota, the laws really were prohibitive um, for yeah. uh, small uh, distillers like us to start up. Back then it was... Uh, uh, you had to pay the state thirty thousand dollars a year just for your an, an annual fee to, to make alcohol, so it was really prohibitive. Wow! Um, and so then I kind of, you know, I, I was kind of seriously joking about it, and then uh, then I saw that was an issue and kind of forgot about it for a while. Yeah. And then I uh, I after coming back to this area to Spring Grove, I was in the state in the Navy Reserves for another twelve years. Yeah. Um, and as a reservist, I got called up and, and sent to Afghanistan in 2013 for a year. Yeah. And wow. um, <clears throat> and so after uh, spending a, a year working with uh, special forces and and I was I was actually in charge of a drone unit that supported special forces over in eastern Afghanistan. I got, uh, after coming off of that uh, deployment, I came back here and all of a sudden I'm sitting on a tractor by myself out in the middle of a field one day and got to thinking, man, let's, maybe we should do something that's a little more fun than, uh, you know, I don't, sometimes it's nice just to go sit on a tractor, but sometimes it's fun to, you know, have to bring people together together and have that camaraderie that, uh, that, you, that I experienced, you know, with, uh, with a, a great group of folks in the, in the military. Yeah. And, uh, and it just so happened that the laws had changed in 2011. And so, um, so since twenty, so since twenty eleven, there's been a number of distilleries that have started in Minnesota, yep. and so then I really started looking into it, and it took a couple years before we from a, a concept to actually distilling. So we actually didn't start distilling till uh, early twenty sixteen is when we first started distilling. Wow, yeah, and um, and it became a you know. So I started looking around at like, well, what should we do? This this would be kind of cool. Um, and I started looking at all the natural resources we have in, in this region, in this driftless area, southeast Minnesota, northeast Iowa, western Wisconsin. And, well, I was already growing grains, and whiskey and bourbon is all made from grain. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, well, I got organic grains here. Uh, and then I, I started looking at the, you know, looking at maps of geology and rocks, and, and we're in the karst region, and so the limestone-filtered water we have beneath our feet here is... It's really similar to the to the limestone they have in Kentucky, which is the birth, birthplace of bourbon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm like, well, we got we got some good mineralized water here that that uh, that we use that help aids in our you know that we use for our, our um, mashing and fermentation process. Um, but I always joke that we're Kentucky's downstream from us, so we can always send the <laughs> send the rest down there when when we when we're done with it. But and then not only that, that we have. Uh, there's a lot of white oak in this region, and yeah. so everything we make goes into charred white oak barrels to age. And so there's a, a stave mills just six miles down the road that cuts white oak staves. They've been doing that for ninety some years and shipping them all over the world. I'm like, we're coming back to that in a second. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 and we yeah. got that right in our backyard. So I looked at all these resources that really lend themselves to uh, to whiskey and bourbon, and decided to um, you know just kind of put it all together, and and yeah. uh, and that's really what. Uh, 
um, you know, what, what rock filter is today. Is, there, is, there are two uh, phrases that have stuck out to me um, in, in, your, uh, in your work over the years that I've picked up on. And I went back and I, I found them uh, last night again when I was getting ready to do this show with you. And, and the first one is planted, tended, milled, and distilled. I mean, that's just, if, if there wasn't a, ba that is just, you nail it. Like, what a great tagline, you know? But it really describes your entire operation, right? Yeah, it really kind of sums up the whole process and everything right, you know, very succinctly right there in that. And that, the, the other one I love is seed to sip. I mean, oh yeah, that, that's just yep. like yep. you know, that, that's right on the head. But what's interesting, yep. you mentioned karst uh, topography or karst, you know, and if people aren't familiar with that, K A R S T, uh, it refers to essentially the bedrock that we have in this area, the limestone rock uh, infiltration that we have in this area, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yep. and yep. so that is what's so similar to, to Kentucky, uh, and you know, it, it means that water, surface water, groundwater, uh, goes through that rock. It also gets underground pretty quickly, moves around underground. That's where we get most of our, our drinking and using water from. But it's a it's a very specialized thing for you know compared to a lot of parts of the country, right, which is right, yeah. interesting. And then there are a couple other parts of this story that I personally think are amazing. Um, first, I think we should talk about the the staves, the white oak staves. Yeah. Um, so that is something I had no idea existed until you started this business, and I heard you talk about it at different points in time. Okay, but there is there is somebody here who has been cutting white oak. Uh, with the intention of it going into barrels for, what did you say, 90 years? Yeah, 80, 90 years, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I'm not that, sure that's exactly. That's an, an incredible thing, and what a niche business, right? Right, right, uh, yeah. But clearly, I don't, I mean, I, was anybody else utilizing that anywhere near here? I don't, that's I don't know. going they, elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, I know they ship them all over the country and even all over the world. I, yeah. was, I was in there one day a few years ago, and there was somebody from Hungary, I think, and they had a winery looking for staves for, yeah. you know, to, for his wine barrels. And yeah. so, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah. When, and in that process, is there someone who can actually create the barrels for you nearby, or do they have to go somewhere still to do that? They actually do. So this, the stave mill just cuts the staves, yep. and then, and yep. then uh, they have to go to what they call a cooperage. Cooperage, and sure, so, yeah. I get uh, I get all my barrels from one of two Minnesota cooperages actually one called the Barrel Mill which is in Avon Minnesota oh, cool. and one called Black Swan Cooperage which is in Park Rapids Minnesota and they okay. they uh, they ship barrels all over the country too which just so happens they uh, they have them uh, that's a, you know two Minnesota businesses that I'm able to get all our barrels from yeah and um, and so they get staved they have you know they sometimes get staves from the the local guys some they source they have their own source and you know it's still Minnesota oak. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of that stuff just in this region, you know, that, right. That really I mean, that is into, an, in, yeah. an incredible, an incredible thing. And, and of yeah, course, one of those yeah. businesses that unless you had a, a reason to find out about, you might not even know exists here, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just super cool. Christian Myra, founder, owner, uh, head distiller, head bottle washer. Is that what I've uh, heard you, heard you oh, say yeah, in the yeah, past? Jack, yeah. 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 Uh, here at yeah. Uh, Rock Filter Distillery in Spring Grove, we are talking, it's rhymes with decor. We're going to take a real quick break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more with Christian about all sorts of fun things. We got to get through the cocktails as well because that's uh, that's part of the fun, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be right back. It's Rhymes with Decora. This is Aaron Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And that's the one and only Aaron Henning Nichols, my wife, partner in business. Inspired Media, bringing you a quarterly publication to the region. 
Find us online and on stands, iloveinspired.com. Thanks so much for being part of this and, uh, and making it happen. Christian Myra, you are my special guest today. I appreciate you so much taking time out of your day to talk with us and uh, tell us not only about uh, Rock Filter, but a little bit more about your background and Spring Grove and all that good stuff. Uh, organic farming. Organic farming is uh, something we've mentioned a couple times. Now, your family had a lineage, right? You were you've, you've been farming organic for more than uh, more than just something you wanted to do, <laughs> right? Actually, um, well, I, yeah, the Myras have been farming for many years, um, but um, my our farm in particular, I know, was has been certified organic since two thousand four. I believe is when our first my dad first certified it organic back in yeah. two thousand four. So. Yeah. Um, so it's been, yeah, we're going on eight, what, 18 years now, something like and that's, that. So. And that's awesome. I, one, uh, another subject that I hope to do an actual whole series of shows on is with um, small grains and some sort of different types of crops across our region. I just did a show with Ross Elvelsizer here a, a few shows ago who uh, works for Northeast Iowa RCND, and he's working a lot on uh, watershed work okay. and, and how that works. And so there's a lot of interesting things that go into that. So we're going to unpack that hopefully down the road nice. in, in this show a little more. Um, but of course, having, you know, having that access, uh, having uh, that farming idea in set and in mind of course was a real basis for the for the rock filter business uh, yes. or having organic grain at your disposal yep, yep. Uh, and also probably having that familiarity with growing maybe a little bit different types of grain yeah yeah talk about that sure yeah absolutely um so the thing about whiskey is uh whiskey by definition is, is got to all be made from grain mm-hmm. and then uh, bourbon is a type of whiskey so um, all bourbon's whiskey, but not all whiskey's bourbon. So bourbon <laughs> just uh, has to have three additional restrictions. Um, it has, uh, or criteria, it has to have at least 51% corn in the mash bill. It's got to be aged in new charred white oak barrels, and it's got to be made in the United States. Um, not just Kentucky. Most, I mean, a lot yeah. of bourbon comes out of Kentucky, but it can be made in any, any state in the United States. So going back to the grains themselves, being a being a farmer and raising the grains ourselves, being a, a farm distillery, we can be a little more creative with the grains we're using. And uh, I know a lot of traditional Kentucky bourbon is corn and rye, mm-hmm. and uh, so and we grow a lot of corn around here. So we, we have a, a variety of different bourbons that uh, that we make here at Rock Filter, um, but we do more than just corn and rye. So we also have some with um, oats, some with um, sorghum. Um, we have triticale in one of our, our, our bourbons, our rail splitter bourbons, corn and triticale. Triticale is a grain that was developed in the 1800s in Europe, and it's uh, across, literally a cross between rye and wheat. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we're getting characteristics of both rye and wheat in the, in the plant itself and in the flavors that um, they come through in the distillation. Um, I've, I've been experimenting with some different uh, uh, organic and our heirloom uh, yeah. corn, open pollinated heirloom corn varieties. You bet. One that we use in one of our um, standard lineup of bourbons is uh, in a, a Oaxacan green corn yeah. that I initially sourced from seed savers in Decorah, Iowa for uh, the original seeds. Um, I've experimented with some Ohio blue corn, uh, Bloody uh-huh. Butcher red corn. Um, so there's a, there's a number of different grains that, uh, and, all, and all those grains kind of um, lend different flavors to the final product. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. so there's a lot of, uh, and, and if you come into Rock Filter and, and uh, for a tour or a tasting, we'll tell you the percentage of all the grains we have and everything, because I like to say that our final flavor, what it tastes like, is unique to here. It's, it's unique to the, 
Uh, there's so many variables. They go into the final um, whiskey and bourbon, everything from the, the variety of the grains we're using to the, the proportions of the grains, uh, percentages, to the type of yeast, to how, you know, the temperatures we cook it at, to the, the proofs we distill it at, to the type of equipment you distill it on, to the yeah. type of barrels it goes in, the size of the barrels, environmental condition of the barrels that, that, that they're stored in, yep. the level of char inside the barrels, all those things kind of lend themselves to that final flavor that is unique to where we are right here in Spring Grove at Rock Filter. Absolutely. So. And, you know, and that's what makes, I mean, to me, uh, you know, my wife and I love, uh, have loved traveling. Yeah. Our daughter's almost 10 now, so it's getting a little bit easier to travel again. But, you know, in our, on our paths over the years, we travel across the country and places. Those are the things you'd always look at. Or where are they, what are the unique products that are being made somewhere? What is special to a place? You right. know, what, what right. has that local flavor? And I think that's something you guys have just nailed so well here. It's a really interesting thing. Well, let me add one, one other thing that, uh, that maybe contributes some to our local flavor, too is uh, all the grains that, that we turn into whiskey and bourbon have to be milled. Yes. And I don't know if you're getting to that, but uh, uh, we do have, uh, we, we get all ours milled at Sheck's Mill, which is uh, the oldest water-powered mill in Minnesota. It still uses original stones for uh, grinding grains. So Absolutely. all the grains that uh, I raise, I take to Sheck's Mill, and then they get stone ground on stones that have been operating since 1876. And then, yeah. uh, then they, they, we if, bring them back to Rock Filter and turn them into whiskey and bourbon. If folks aren't familiar, so Sheck's Mill is just outside of Caledonia. On the, on the other side of Caledonia, if you're headed kind of outside of town, you got it's just a couple miles down in the valley. Yep. Uh, on, on a creek, of course. Yeah, the Beaver uh, Creek. Beaver yep. Creek, yeah. Yep. And, and it, is, uh, it is a really cool facility. I've been there a couple of times. Um, Ed Krugmeyer now, who is yep. sort of the, the, the keeper of, uh, of Sheck's. Yep. Uh, but if, if people don't know or haven't seen it before, it's totally worth uh, getting a hold of Ed and going to get a tour sometime. It is, it is to me, um, it is much like, it's almost kind of just a magical place of walking back into what life has been here since people have been farming. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really interesting, you know, in, in industrial farming, you know, or, you know, any type of modern farming, because, you know, at one time, of course, every stream uh, or, you know, lots of streams across the region, everybody had to have a mill. You had to, you couldn't just use your grain. You got to, you have to mill it, right? Right. For right. any, for anything. If you yeah mostly feeding it to cattle or using it for food or anything else. Um, so the fact that Sheck still exists here is a really another one of those very special things that really lent to your chemistry of, it does, it of, is, uh, yes. of making that happen. Um, and of course, uh, the really interesting part is it is still entirely water powered. Uh, and so Ed has <coughs> worked over the years to keep, you know, a lot of that machinery working and those stones in place. Uh, and so when you go there, I mean, just getting to see all of that happen is, is, uh, it's quite a process. If you've never seen anything like it, it's pretty neat. It is. It is really cool. It's kind of like walking back into like, it's almost like a living history uh, museum, yeah. just walking in, in there and watching them, uh, uh, operate the mill. And, and I think, you know, he just, just, Looking at how it was built, I think he told, he told yeah. me once it probably took about seven or eight years just to build that mill back uh, in the late 1800s. That's, so it's such a such an incredible building, an incredible spot. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Sheck's Mill, you definitely should. Um, but along those lines, so these uh, these awesome grains that you are are growing, or you have people growing very nearby, and you're able to take them there and mill them when you need them, when you want them, or you know, and have that really yeah. that local uh, concept. And also, I should mention they're stone ground. Uh, yeah. A lot of things are stone ground, but in, in a distillery or a mill. Uh, I mean, a brewery or other places that might not necessarily be the case, depending on. That's true. Yeah, yeah. A lot so of a lot of uh, distilleries are using hammer mills or roller mills, and yeah. and there's uh, there's not uh, too many across the country that are are uh, using organic grains and having them stone ground. So, Definitely. Yeah. So that's yeah. a it's a really cool thing. Also worth mentioning, Ed's a fascinating character. So if you're going, yeah. you got yeah, it's 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 an experience all of its own. It, it sure <laughs> is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I yeah. love it. And all of that kind of really lends to your planted, tended, milled, distilled. I mean, it really gets you to, to where you're at, you know, in this incredibly unique product. So if we walk into your uh, tasting room, yeah. uh, your, your tap room, not tap Cocktail room, cocktail room. room thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, first, I guess I should mention we're here, it's fall of 2022. So, you know, uh, but you guys are open weekends for sure. Yep. Uh, and what's your kind of general hours usually? Uh, so year round right now, we're open Thursdays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. And Saturdays from noon to 10 p.m. Awesome. And in the summertime, uh, we're open uh, Wednesdays also from 4 to 8 p.m. That's uh, coincides with the farmer's market that goes on right on the nice. street, right in front of the distillery here. Absolutely. Um, and then we currently do uh, a tour once a month. The second Saturday of the month um, is our only scheduled tour right now. We can we can do case by case if groups want to come in for tours. But sure. but that's a tour. All I, it's kind of like a, a founder's tour. I'll, I kind of give you a behind the scenes look at how we do everything, explain everything, and then go through a tasting and we taste all our products and talk about our labels and all the pictures and everything on our labels and who all the who they all are and, and awesome. stuff like the history behind everything. And worth mentioning, uh, I mean, that is something else uh, that Aaron and I have admired from the beginning is that your um, uh, your marketing and your design is spot on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it, is, thanks. it is so excellent and it represents your product so, so very well. Thanks. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really was... fitting. But one of the funnest parts is if people look uh, either online at, at rockfilterdistillery.com or when they see your product in person, uh, your labels all do have a meaning. They're not just designed out of images and random stuff. Like, you know, there are, there are actual people that you know or from your family or things, right? They are, yeah. And so, like, part of our, our, our branding and packaging came down to like going back to why I wanted to kind of uh, do the do this distillery in the first place is you know bringing people together, having uh, um, and you know you sit down, sip on a little whiskey, and what do you what do you do? Usually, start telling stories that are yeah. mo- stories that are mostly true, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, and then uh, so our branding came down. Well, how do you tell a story on a bottle? So we have. Uh, um, all our bottles have uh, a picture that's partially obscured by a, like a gold rock that indicates that has written on it what the what the uh, whiskey or bourbon is. Yep. And then on the back side of the front label, there's a, also a written story that references the picture, and and all those pictures are mostly relatives or ancestors of mine. So I sure. tell I tell folks we. Uh, we didn't pull these off the internet. We got these out of shoe boxes. These pictures and uh, no and stock so, images here. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And then uh, your wife Kate, right, is also yes. pretty involved in the in the cocktail room as well. Yeah, she's uh, she comes up with all the the great cocktails we have here. So awesome. uh, we have a, a standard cocktail menu with some traditional whiskey and bourbon cocktails. Yep. Um, some that are um, you know that aren't as traditional, and then. Um, Every week, she comes up with three new cocktails that we put on a specials board, and and uh, very rarely does she ever repeat cocktails. Um, yeah. And so she's the uh, kind of the cocktail master and, and mixologist, <laughs> and and comes up with uh, um, all the the different uh, great cocktails that people come in here and yeah. taste. And yeah, it, and of course, yeah. I mean, in this day and age, there are a lot of a uh, lot of bourbon folks out there. Again, bourbon's really seen a, a, another huge uh, perk and interest, I would say, at the yes, moment. Yeah. Uh, and so you can certainly come in and, and get sort of a flight of, of what is available at the moment, kind of taste your way through a few things and see the differences and taste them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You can work your way through that way, or if that's not necessarily your thing, you can come in and have some really fun and creative cocktails, which, right, is, right. which and, is a hoot. And we'll, we'll get folks in here that, you know, one one person might like bourbon and the other one says they, they yeah. don't like bourbon. And we'll, before they leave, we may, that we'll, we'll usually find them a cocktail <laughs> that they want the recipe for before they walk out the door. So... 
<laughs> I love it. It's uh, it's super fun. And it also, I mean, it really does lend, uh, there's been many days, uh, I, I do all of our distribution for the magazine, if people don't know. And, and so there's a lot of times I'm making my way around. I'm going all the way up the river in Winona or La Crosse or Tremplo or somewhere. And I'm making my way back down. It's a, it's a Thursday or Friday night and I swing back through Spring Grove. And here you guys are. The, the garage door is open. The lights are on. People are having fun. It's always so much fun to, to run through here and see what's going on. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a real hoot. Uh, one question I have to ask everybody as I'm doing these Spring Grove shows, um, do you have a favorite flavor of Spring Grove soda and or is there one that goes well with a rock filter? Well, let's see. Let me tell you. Well, to answer the first part of the question, do I have a favorite? I think um, it, I have and I do, I, it change, but it changes over the years. Yeah. You know, I think when, when I was a kid, I used to always get a bottle of grape Springle Pop at the, from Wilma's food stand at the sales barn on Tuesdays when I went to the sales barn with my dad. Nice. And uh, so grape was my favorite. And then at one point it was strawberry and at one point it was orange. Um, and I, uh, I don't know, I, I tend to like the cream soda myself now. Oh, yeah. Um, but as far as what goes best with, a, with some bourbon, uh, the, uh, the lemon sour, the Springle Lemon Sour. Yes. Is, uh, we make a, a bourbon sour here that's with our bourbon and that lemon sour. And, and it's... Uh, it's one of our best-selling cocktails. So, I will. Yeah. I will say that uh, from when I was a young kid, uh, hanging out at my grandparents, uh, even even in Decora, there was always some Spring Grove sour around. And I thought, as a kid, that perhaps they just kept it around for us because we really loved it. Until I realized, I think the reason it was mostly kept around is because it was an excellent mixer. Yeah, which is <laughs> was a funny realization as an adult. But now it's always a fun hook into uh, into Spring Grove. So, for Christian, sure. I, I really appreciate you taking time today to share not only your background, your story, uh, your service in the Navy, which is an awesome story. We could talk about that all day. I'm sure you have amazing stories from yep, flying and, yep. and your time in the service. Uh, we appreciate all of that. Uh, but also, you know, just that work of bringing, bringing it back to rural Southeast Minnesota, you know, and not only that, not only just, uh, not just, but not only keeping, you know, a family lineage going on, on a farm and an agriculture, but looking at that and seeing a bigger picture and, and, and going for it. It's a really cool thing. So, well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We appreciate you taking the time to tell a story too. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, one thing is, I think when it comes to distilling, um, I always say that it's, I still see it as kind of an agricultural act, you know, Absolutely. like, it, and, it, and historically it, it's, you know, as a way to preserve crops when they, the, they couldn't sell them um, and that whatever they had left, they could make, uh, make into whiskey and bourbon, they could <laughs> ship somewhere. And, um, and uh, so it's, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it, it dovetailed real well that with our, with the farming operation to, I tell, I say that instead of turning putting our grain through animals and turning them into turning it into meat and milk. I yeah. put it through a still and turn it into whiskey and bourbon. And, uh, and then, like I said, it was a way to bring people together. Another tagline on our, you'll see on our website is, you know, no barn nor glass should be raised alone. So, you know, nice. come in and, and have, have, a, have a drink and tell some stories. I love that. That is the perfect cap for that one. That is uh, another great line. You guys have done a great job. Yeah. Well, thank so, you. Yeah. Congrats. And uh, yeah, by all means, swing by Rock Filter Distillery downtown uh, Spring Grove. Uh, find it all online. Rock Filter Distillery com. Also a great list on there of generally where you're available in Minnesota only, we should mention. But uh, the whole idea is to come through here in Spring Grove and check it out. Definitely. Right. Cool. Christian Meyer, thanks so much for taking time to hang out with us. You're welcome. You, Thank you, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. And I uh, appreciate you being part of this first series of stories here uh, from Spring Grove as well. My cool. pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora. This is a podcast project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. 
a series of shows here from Spring Grove, the first of uh, many series we hope to bring you from around the region, just telling the stories, the people, all the things uh, that we love from around the region here on Rhymes with Decora. If you've enjoyed the music on this show today, it's the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. He is a drummer. He is a decoran. Find him on Instagram at Indicative of Drumming. Thanks for listening. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.